7.31. Avoid the seductions of money and fame, for they will never satisfy. Man naturally desires not only to be loved, but to be lovely. I guess uh, if Adam Smith was writing those words today, he'd probably find a way to make that a slightly more gender-neutral sentence. But nonetheless, these lines sound like they could be coming from a self-help guru today. Um, They are from 18th century economist Adam Smith, whose invisible hand concept was first introduced in the theory of moral sentiments. You may have heard of, say, another publication like The Wealth of Nations. Um, We're going to be hearing very shortly from Russ Roberts, who's the author of How Adam Smith Can Change Your Life, An Unexpected Guide to Human Nature and Happiness. Mr. Roberts is also the host of the podcast Econ Talk and a research fellow at Stanford University's Hoover Institution. Thank you very much for joining us. Great to be with you. The theory of moral sentiments, it's, it's not uh, quite up there with the wealth of nations, um, but at the same time, it's where we see the invisible hand introduced. What drew you to this publication? Well, I think Adam Smith has a very uh, unfair reputation. He is credited with being the father of economics, the father of capitalism, but he's also, unfortunately, associated with this idea that somehow greed is good. And what Smith actually believed was that self-interest, which is not the same thing as greed, self-interest was human. That's who we are. And what he was interested in is how does self-interest lead to a world that's pretty decent after all. And so he talked about that in his first book, The Theory of Moral Sentiments. And it may be so sad that he has this reputation as sort of this cutthroat capitalism advocate when he is anything of the kind. His book, The Theory of Moral Sentiments, actually talks a lot about how foolish it is to pursue material success, that wealth is the search, the seeking of wealth is a fool's game. And I was struck by how a lot of the lessons he wrote about in 1759 were still very relevant today. It cuts the heart, though, the question of of morality and philosophers have been dealing with this one through the ages haven't they whether whether it's um actually about self-interest or whether it's driven by some higher motivation beyond ourselves correct and smith interestingly despite the fact that he's writing in 1759 he's trying to explain what you said he's not trying to explain what is moral he's trying to explain how it is that we're moral at all, given that we're self-interested. And his conclusion is quite striking, again, for his time. He's not going to to fall back on, say, religion. It was a more religious age than ours, surely. He wasn't going to talk about the fear of hell or the rewards of heaven and to suggest that's why we do good deeds. Rather, he argued that we do good deeds because, not all the time, but that we do them at all is amazing, and we do them because... We want the respect and honor of those around us. We want to be loved, as you said. And by loved, he did not mean just romantically loved. He meant respected, praised, honored, worthy of respect, worthy of praise. And that's what Smith argues drives us. And he argues, interestingly, that obviously in a time when we didn't know much about genetics, he argues that we're hardwired to care about what other people think about us, which is quite interesting, right? Uh, dogs and cats and 
lions and birds don't care, I don't think, about what other animals think about them. But we as humans, we are social. And he wanted to leverage and understand that in its fullness. And he understood deeply about how our care about our reputation is local, certainly the people we interact with all the time, but also wider, our acquaintances, not just our close friends and family, and then potentially uh, with strangers and how we're, our reputation might be perceived by, by others, which is very relevant in today's world of social media and, uh, and celebrity. I'm sure if we spoke to an animal behavior expert, they'd have something to say about the way a- animals seek status and <laughs> how important is their groupings. But we are dealing with a human condition uh, for now. But I just want to put that in there as an aside. Um, is there something that we should differentiate between being selfish and self-interested? They seem on the surface like very much the same thing with a different spin. Now, I think people confuse them. I think it's, a, it's important to make a, it's a subtle distinction but self-interest is, again, what all of us have inside us. We all care about ourselves. We have a natural impulse to put ourselves first that we sometimes overcome. We overcome it for our children. We sometimes overcome it for strangers. We do things, make sacrifices for our children, our friends, and, our, and strangers that goes against our narrowest self-interest. Uh, selfishness is to me, so self-interest is just a fact. That's our natural impulse. But we're not naturally selfish. We have a desire sometimes to help other people. We are able to get pleasure from making sacrifices and being generous. And selfish to me is, is about being grasping. It's about a, a pursuit of wealth for its own sake. And uh, Smith thought that was uh, destructive and not necessarily uh, the human condition. Sometimes people are, are just truly nice, truly good, it, actually, without any ostentatious side to it they're not necessarily in other words doing it for immediate praise they will donate anonymously uh, or they might uh, help someone out without letting that person know how or why they've helped them the the kind of benefactor that's been celebrated in literature over the ages as well um well according to your book and smith there is this imaginary interaction between humans and and impartial spectator can you elaborate on that idea yeah so smith had this idea of the impartial spectator. He sometimes called it the man within the breast. Uh, again, a, a gender, uh, not so gender neutral term in 1759, but still applicable today. This idea that inside of us, either on our shoulder, sometimes we could imagine a, uh, someone observing us, or we could call it our conscience. It's really the, the feeling we have of what if someone could see us? And, you know, some people describe morality as being how we behave when no one is watching. Now, if you're a religious person, someone's always watching. That's, that's God. But let's say you're not religious, and Smith wasn't particularly eager to use religion to explain good behavior. Why does anyone, when they're alone, do the right thing when they're not observed? And Smith argued, because we care about how we think about ourselves, our self-interest, our self-image. Uh, he, he's very eager to to admit that, of course, we deceive ourselves sometimes about how moral or kind or good we are. We often overinflate or overstate our kindness or our, our achievements. But he, he believes very strongly that we, as he said in the, the quote you mentioned, man naturally desires not only to be loved, but to be lovely. And it's that last part, to be lovely, to earn respect honestly, to earn uh, honor honestly, because you live up to your reputation. Uh, was really a very important 
in Smith's view, and as you say, he, he said it's as if we're being observed, we imagine an impartial spectator, not somebody who's on our side, impartial. And of course, ourselves, when we observe ourselves, we often give ourselves the benefit of the doubt. An impartial spectator might not do that. He's going to look at it objectively. And Smith thought that was a way, and I think it's a very powerful tool that we can use, whether Smith's right or wrong. It's a way we can use to step outside ourselves and try to see ourselves as others see us, not our spouses, not our close friends, but relative strangers, and say, hey, is this the right thing to do? And I, it's a very, it's a wonderful uh, tool that Smith, that Smith talks about. So, again, it, it might transcend some of the barriers that people have between them, this, this kind of advice, and that's maybe where it, some of its value lies. But what's his advice on how to be happy? If people have been inspired by this background and they want to know what Smith's advice would be, what would he tell us if he could speak right now to us, do you think, based on his book? Uh, well, I should mention that Smith's idea of happiness and yours and mine might not be the same. Uh, when Smith uses the term... I think he's speaking about deep satisfaction, serenity, uh, deep pride in, in what you've achieved and how you've lived your life. Smith says there's two ways to be important. There's two ways to matter. There's two ways to be loved, honored, praised. One is to pursue wealth, fame, money, uh, power. And that's the way of the world for many, many people. Uh, people who are wealthy, famous, and powerful get a lot of attention. And we understand that. People who are not those things tend to get ignored and, and struggle sometimes to hold their head up because they are ignored. So, so this says our natural impulse is to follow what he calls the glittering path of wealth, fame, and power. But Smith says actually you should follow the quieter path of wisdom and virtue. You will be not as noted. You will be not as famous but you will be honored and respected by the people in your circle. And then he talks about how you achieve virtue. What are the, what are the parts of virtue that you can achieve? But the important thing I think that's striking for somebody like Smith, who we associate with economics and money, is that Smith said that the pursuit of wealth, fame, and power, particularly wealth, is not going to make you happy. You're always going to want more, and you're going to do things along the way. You're going to scramble to the top and corrode your soul, your sense of self, your true value, if you're not careful. And I think that Smith says that, of all people, is really extraordinary. It's good advice. It was in 1759. I think it's still great advice today. I was going to say, because if you go to the highest spiritual levels of many different religious traditions, what you'll find is this shunning of of wealth, shunning of possessions, Mm -hmm. detachment from what might be described as the ego. Do we find then some common ground between Smith and those traditions ultimately? Yeah, I often describe Smith as being consistent with what's sometimes called the wisdom literature, the the ancient, sometimes from the Bible or elsewhere, uh, these these truths that are timeless about what brings uh, true satisfaction. Uh, He's a wise man. Uh, He from his armchair, uh, had a lot of insight into the human condition. And he also had some very wise friends. His best friend was David Hume, an extraordinary man. Uh, and it's very wise also. So I think that that wisdom, which is in almost all religions, it's certainly, and you don't have to be religious to hold to it. It's again, as you, as you alluded to, it's in many self-help books. Um, you know, it, it's funny. If you look at the most, probably the most successful 
business book of all time, in recent times, you might pick The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey. That book is very Smithian. Uh, Uh, It's not about how do you get rich and how do you make as much money as possible. It's about acting morally in the business world and feeling good about yourself because you're a person of dignity, honor, and respect, and how to get there from here. And I think that's uh, always going to be the case. I have the thought it it really depends how one defines love itself, uh, how one approaches some of the advice that's being given here and where that love impulse comes from. But on the flip side, if you are feeling marginalized in a modern era, you can get fame yep. for three seconds online and then fade away. You might feel like, well, greatness is out of your control. You might feel that status is out of your control. And perhaps that's what sometimes drives people to do really unpleasant and bad things. What would your final advice be for people who are trying to grapple with this um, struggle for attention in the modern world? Well, I say some things in the book about some pitfalls of social media, even though uh, Smith lived just a little before Facebook and Twitter. I think he had some interesting things to say about our pursuit of the emotional uh, rewards of, of that kind of you know, earning likes and followers and uh, the dopamine that, that gets generated from that. But I think the, the deeper point is that um, loneliness is hard. We live in a time with a lot of loneliness, uh, at least here in America. And uh, people are somewhat isolated compared to how they've been in the past. They're not as close to their families. Uh, and it's hard sometimes to hold your head up. Uh, we have a phenomenon in the United States now. People call it deaths of despair. And what is that about? And why do people sometimes do horrific things to get in the newspaper? Um, you know, there's just, it's not uncommon that the people who, who are killing innocent people, terrorists in the United States, are very lonely people. Uh, there are a lot of lonely people who don't kill people, obviously, but, but there's something wrong there. There's something missing. And I think Smith's understanding of that is very deep. It's that we need self-respect. We need the respect of the people around us. And when we don't get it, it's, uh, it's extremely destructive. And I think there's two lessons there. One is to, is to reach out to other human beings for your own good, and that our social connections to others are an enormously important part of what brings true satisfaction rather than toys and money and gadgets. And the second is, is that when you see people around you, uh, remember, everyone's in a battle, so be kind. And I think Smith understood the virtue of that, and I think that's still true today. Ross Roberts, author of How Adam Smith Can Change Your Life, uh, in place of actually having Adam Smith live on the line with us this morning. Thank you very much for taking the time. My pleasure.